The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 150 of the podcast, if you can believe that. Today is Sunday, July the 21st, and we are coming off of a big card on ESPN, the fourth one to be exact, Papiel Dos Anjos and Leon Edwards. Before we get into that, I have a couple of announcements. Um, I was on the post-fight show for SB Nation with Flying Brian J last night. So thanks to Flying Brian for having me on there. Uh, he's been asking me to do it for a while, but you know, with the kiddo, I can't stay up so late because he does it immediately following the card. So you can check that out on SB Nation MMA on YouTube. Uh, thanks again for having me on there. That was a good time with Brian. And we got Billy Quarantillo from Gracie Tampa South fighting on the Contender Series this Tuesday. So don't forget to tune in for that. Let's get the streaming numbers up for Billy. Uh, he's been busting his ass in the gym. Um, and if you guys don't remember, Billy Quarantillo was on season 22 of the ultimate fighter. So you can, after you're done listening to this, you could dial back to episode 148 and listen to my interview with him and see what he's been up to since the ultimate fighter. And then definitely tune in Tuesday. He's the first fight. So that's at 8 PM sharp on ESPN plus. All right. Now that we got the housekeeping stuff out of the way. Let me first introduce our guest who's joining us again and the last time she was on was way back in December, episode 117. It has been way too long. But she's back, and she's feeling much better than the last time we spoke because she was just coming off of shoulder surgery. Let me introduce professional mixed martial artists all the way from Las Vegas, Nevada, the Southpaw outlaw, Reen Zilla, Serena De Jesus. <laughs> Serena, how you feeling on this? Well, your Vegas time Sunday morning. It's great. It's nice and balmy and warm. Balmy 108 over here, so Ugh. I gotta go running in this later. Oh, it's fine. You get used to it. It's not like you guys where you have like state birds, you know, as mosquitoes over there. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one beautiful thing about the desert life. We don't have to deal with that or that humidity that makes you look like Mufasa. Oh, speaking of that, I get you know, I'm seeing the Lion King, so fitting. But yeah, <laughs> nice. We're going to need and a report I got, I got on that. My, I got my homie Roxy who just came home today saying woo in the background. <laughs> we always do buddy stuff together. I'm happy she's home. I missed her. Well, a big welcome home to Roxanne Mataferi after a hard fought fight last night in San Antonio, already back in Vegas. Um, mm -hmm. I, I definitely want to want to pick your brain about that one because I know you have some behind the scenes information. But let me introduce my co-host as well. All the way from muggy New Jersey, sitting in a heat wave right now with oh, no air damn. conditioning. Oh, Jeff, no. <laughs> the animal Wilson. Jeff, how you feeling on this muggy Sunday afternoon, my friend? Bill, we've been live for about two minutes, and I'm drenched in sweat, dude. I can't deal with this shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not a dry heat. It's super muggy. Yesterday, it was like 100 and something. Um, but, Bill, I'll deal with it for now. Um, you know, it's whatever. 
I mean, yeah. I'll take the winter with the summer, so it's fine. I need all four seasons, so it's fine. Hashtag thoughts and prayers. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, there's no progress without suffering. You know this as well as anyone. Although I got to trust the process, I, Bill. I have to tell everybody, I told Jeff he couldn't keep his fan on because it was giving too much feedback. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to pay him double this week. Um, <laughs> so Serena, let's jump right into it. So, uh, your buddy, your teammate, Roxanne Mataveri, uh, coming off a, a tough loss last night in San Antonio. Mm. She's back home now. Um, from what I know about Roxanne, she's probably already in better spirits, but, um, understandably has to be bummed out from the results last night. And for the fourth time in her MMA career, had to face an opponent who did not make weight, which, uh, uh, we already me, know my feels about that. Yeah, it it brings me to the point that you have probably the most shared soundbite in the three year history of MMA on the rocks, and that is your tirade <laughs> about women. No respect for these hoes. No respect. Who don't make weight. None. So <laughs> let's, let's start there. Uh, well, give me your your first reaction when you first heard that uh, Maya did not make weight for her fight with your well, teammate. My first response was I shouted what really loud and I woke my entire household up. Um, second reaction is I was pacing up and down the stairs, pissed as hell. Mm-hmm. Third reaction was I'm like, okay, the fight's going to happen at least. My buddy gets a fight. I'm happy it didn't get called off. Fourth reaction is I hope she would have, I hope she whooped her ass. Roxy did all she, all she did. She landed hands, big mm-hmm. overhand and stuff. Again, Fucking fat people not making weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's statistically proven that overweight fighters will win their bouts. And it's just, it's disgusting. I mean, I respect Maya for what she does, etc. But I'm not going to respect anybody, male or female, who's not making weight for their fights. That is your fucking job. If you're not doing your job, get the fuck out. Get mm-hmm. the fuck out and move up. That's all, all, that's all you need. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Sanctioned cheating, as Dominic Cruz refers to it. That's my favorite. It is. That's my favorite way to refer to it. And um, it's just so unfortunate. I mean, I I understand she did take the fight on somewhat short notice, but if you're not if you're not prepared to make the weight, then you know maybe pass up the opportunity or ask push it back a little bit. Um, It's like I said, Roxy in one of her last fights took the fight on three weeks' notice and made weight. Mm-hmm. During a certain biological function, as you call it, for women, <laughs> she so she made the weight with that. It's just like it's downright disrespectful. And the reason I get so heated is I've never missed weight for it, even as an amateur. When mm-hmm. basically now you see amateurs left and right missing weight and still getting opportunities. I, my first gym, I was in a I was in a place where a coach told me to look up weight cutting on the internet, and I cut seven pounds of water for a same day weigh in. Wow. I made the fucking weight and somehow won that fight, looking like a goddamn dehydrated SpongeBob. SpongeBob Square, like I'm ready. <laughs> Most horrific time in my life, and I still made the weight. Somehow won. So when I see professional athletes who are paid to come on stage and do a job, not do their job, I'm absolutely disgusted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And understandably so. And credit to you for doing that as an amateur. I mean, some states I know give a nine pound allowance for amateurs um, because of, uh, you know, I, I guess if, if it's younger fighters who aren't experienced cutting weight, they give them like, yeah, I see the look on your face. And that's the reaction I had when I first heard about it. Um, but, you know, responsible coaches will 
uh, make their fighters make the weight anyway. And and there's not even like as much negotiation in the amateurs because yeah, uh, I know you're you're not making money. Uh, you know, if you're making money, it's not much. And then the promoters there's not, make money off of you. I know. I remember yeah, there's there's not much room for negotiation there. So definitely credit to you for uh, you know, doing your due diligence and making weight as an amateur. I think that's a you know, that's a very underrated quality that's not talked about enough. But let's talk about the actual fight. And I don't want to get into the judging just yet, but I, you know, all across the board, the judging was kind of squirrely on this card. But let's mm -hmm. talk about the actual performance. You know, Roxanne, I felt like uh, did what Roxanne does. She pressured. She was pushing forward with her boxing. She was pressing Maya up against the cage. She was trying to get the fight mm -hmm. to the ground. Uh, she was looking in, in pretty good form. Um, and then, you know, it, it, it kind of fell apart a little bit, but I thought it was a much closer fight than the judges, uh, than the judges saw it. Uh, give me your thoughts on, on the actual actions, Serena. Yeah. I mean, basically what you said was what was going on, like, you know, damage wears on and, you know, people can fall apart and stuff. But yeah, the whole judging I thought was, it wasn't that judging. Yes. Was it a loss? Yes. But it wasn't that bad. All right. Mm -hmm. There were rounds that were there was a round or arguably maybe, you know, a little more that was taken, but it wasn't that bad. So I'm just like, but then again, we look at what happened with Hernandez and Cowboy and then mm -hmm. we can talk more about how weird the judging was that night. But mm -hmm. it is what it is. She's going to bounce back from it. She's going to take the time to heal. And as always, she'll just jump back in the gym as soon as she's healed and ready to go as if nothing ever happened. Yeah, and that's always been her best quality throughout her career, I feel like, is her ability to bounce back from adversity in fights and outside of fights. Uh, so I, I definitely wouldn't worry about that. I think she'll be right back in the mix in no time. But yeah, as far as that judging, I had the first round at least very clearly for Roxanne. I thought she controlled mm -hmm. the pace. Um, you know, she, ha she had Maya in some trouble up against the cage. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really see how you score that round for Maya, which which is why the the 3027 kind of baffled me. But you know we it we've seen bullshit. we've seen worse. Um, Jeff, do you have any thoughts on this fight? Um, yeah, you basically hit the nail on the head, dude. I thought that you know Roxy got the first round. Um, you know, her output was a lot bigger than uh, Maya. She was up against the cage, you know. Um, I, f I felt like the second round, uh, definitely for, for Maya, uh, I felt like Roxy took some hard shots in that round. Mm -hmm. And then for me, the third round was a bit of a mixed bag. I felt like that one could have gone either way. But yeah, I felt like 30-27 uh, unanimous was a little... I, I felt like it wasn't a full display of how Roxy fought, especially in that first round, dude. Um, she was making Maya breathe really heavy at the end of that first round. Well, it's kind of easy to make someone breathe and they're, and they're pretty fat, but you know, let me, let me, just, let me just stop. Because I'm going to make, I'm going to make this jo these jokes the entire fucking episode, man. Just oh, please feel free. Don't don't feel like you need to hold back on our account, Serena. Okay. You, good. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, good. you know, this is like a censorship-free zone. <laughs> You're Fuck safe yeah. here. <laughs> it's a safe space. Oh wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's far from that. <laughs> but in any case, uh, and credit to Roxanne for taking those big shots in the second round too, because when she got wobbled in that round, she was able to get her composure back quick. Oh, yeah. So that's a that's a big credit to her cardio yeah. and her conditioning right there. 
Yeah, our coaches are really good at that. Um, we have a good strength and conditioning coach, uh, Lawrence Pavlica. He's former pararescue, so he's like in his 50s. He's like fucking Master Roshi from uh, Dragon Ball Z, the way how mm-hmm. it's just like, because he's like, he does archery. He's like doing these 15 mile runs with a rock, like, you know, in the mountains and shit. Like, this dude does it all. He is like mm-hmm. the real fucking deal. So, I mean, I was on a two fight skid, and then when I met him, everything turned around. Like, I started gaining muscle like I've been and everything's been great. My weight, this is like the lowest weight I've been. I'm like, I have abs outside of fight camp. That never fucking happens. Mostly because I love pizza too much, but you know, <laughs> um, yeah, he's the real deal. So Lorenzo get, and our, of course our head coach John would get a lot of credit for, you know, for the endurance, especially with rocks. Like she can take a fucking punch. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And and there's definitely been an apparent transformation in her body as well. Uh, I think her, her frame looks more muscular and athletic now than it did even when she was a weight class above before this 125 pound division was created. So um, I, I guess that answers that question as to where that comes from, because you guys are both coming out of syndicate and training under the same coaches. Yep. Thank you. Lorenzo. Hashtag body by Lorenzo. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Shout out to Lorenzo. I might have to I might have to look up some some uh workouts on the internet or something. So this guy, I might have to start carrying some rocks up and down the steps. Um, or you might just have to come out to Vegas, huh? That'd be such a shame. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I I might have to make my way out there, especially if there's no mosquitoes. So there's so many selling None. points. <laughs> no mosquitoes. We only so- have one hard month. That's it. That's it. There- Winter is great. All the snow is right on Mount Charleston. Nowhere else to be found. <laughs> that's nice. If you could just see it, but it's like nowhere near you, then that's ideal. You just drive and you see that mountain. like, hi, snow. Glad you're far the fuck away from me. It's great. <laughs> Sounds... I miss the snow, but if I want, I can drive right up to that mountain and go play with it and just be like, bye. <laughs> and, and never have to shovel any of it or walk in it when it's all Look. slushy and gross. After the last time I had, I was in a snowstorm and the snow came past my fucking knees and I had to shovel the driveway, the walkway and everything. And it took me three fucking hours. I'm doing the Mike Tyson. Oh, my back is broken. It's final. Like <laughs> I never, ever want to fucking deal with snow again. Ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, same. That's, that's why I live in Florida. And, and <clears throat> uh, I don't, I, I love going back to New York and visiting my family, just not in the winter time. Uh, <laughs> Amen to that. We can celebrate Christmas in in July or something like that. Because um, <laughs> there you I go. I don't plan on going up there when it's cold. All right, so <laughs> let's um let let's move on to definitely uh you know props to Roxanne for her performance last night. I thought she looked good overall, and it's unfortunate things didn't go her way, but we know she's going to bounce back because she just has that kind of attitude. Now let's take a look at the main event on um. Of this card from San Antonio, welterweights Leon Edwards and Javier Dos Anjos. Um, I thought it was a, a great performance by mm-hmm. by Edwards. It was very technical, and um, he was finding holes everywhere. Like RDA is nothing to sneeze at, but Leon Edwards' hands and movement were just saving the day for him and just making things work. He mm-hmm. almost made it seem seamless. It's like hot damn. I mean, I love RDA, aka Franken Pettis, but. Yeah, the night definitely belonged to Edwards. That's a Tommy Toehold joke. Shout out to Tommy Toehold. I love that dude. <laughs> yeah, um, it it was it was definitely looking good for Edwards. Very technical. I uh, I did give the second round to RDA. Uh, I thought he looked pretty good in there. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, Edwards even took the fight to the ground, which he also did against Gunnar Nelson. He's been, he's been looking spectacular lately. The only place he falls short is after the fights and in between the fights. Uh, I thought his call out of Jorge Masvidal maybe could have been a, a little bit better. And then he said, well, if you're not going to give me him, I guess I'll fight the champion. Um, uh, yeah, it was like, wait, <laughs> what? We all, all of Twitter and social media did a uh, kind of thing after that. It's just like... Yeah. Yes, you're talented. Yes, you just took out the. Yes, you just fought the former champ. Let's settle down, though. I would like to see him fight Masvidal first before I think even saying championship shit. Yeah, and and personally, Stay I think line. Masvidal's stock is so high right now. He's going to be able to just like uh, decide whatever the, he does next. And it's the matchup everyone wants, especially after that three piece in a soda episode <laughs> backstage. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think that's the fight to make for Edwards and Masvidal. Yeah, it could be. Um, but, you know, Masvidal might get to call the shots on that one. Uh, it, probably. We'll see what happens. They're probably going to let this welterweight division shuffle out a little bit, uh, see what happens mm -hmm. with Lawler and Covington. And then, um, you know, Woodley doesn't have a partner yet. I, I think that the smart call out for Edwards would have been Woodley because that's his fastest route to a title shot. You got a lot of things going on in this division, but if he takes out the former champ, they kind of have to put him in there with Usman. Um, Absolutely. But I yeah. love how, how fun that welterweight division is looking. Oh my God. It's so great. It's shaping up to be a nice division. Uh, Jeff, any thoughts on this main event? Yeah, dude. Um, I just want to point out how big Leon Edwards looked, man. He looked like a middleweight against Rafael Dos Anjos. And that wrestling in the first round, I felt like it paid a lot of dividends throughout the fight because after that, Dos Anjos was just exhausted, dude. Mm -hmm. um, you know, credit to him for putting on such a great fight. I thought he was – I didn't think he was going to um, go the distance, actually. But, um, you know, credit to him. He He's a tough dude. Um when they got to the ground, he wouldn't let Leon Edwards just have his way with him. He was looking for sweeps, trying to get out from under him, using the half guard. So, dude, Dos Anjos is all heart, dude. And and like Serena, like you said, he's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, Dos Anjos definitely a tough dude, no matter what weight class he's in. Yeah, and these guys fought in a phone booth basically for five yeah. rounds. They were both right in the pocket, swinging hard on each other. Edwards was landing those nasty elbows uh, that cut RDA open. But, you know, RDA is tough. You, you can never expect to go in there and finish him off in the first round. That can never be your game plan. You got to be prepared to go to war with that guy. Absolutely. All right. So uh, something that didn't have to be a war was the heavyweight matchup in the co-main event. Walt Harris taking out Alexi oh, Olenek. 12 yeah. seconds tied the record for the third fastest knockout in the heavyweight division. This is a tough That's one so to, to watch. I am too, because I'm a big fan of Olenek. I love his style. He taught, he, I met him at the UFC Performance Institute. I was talking to Roxy as we were in the ice bath recovering. I fucking hate that ice bath, by the way. It, it hurts, <laughs> but it's so good for you. Um, I was tell, He was with his training partner, who's in the um, water um, treadmill right on the other mm -hmm. side. I'm talking about Ezekiel choke is my favorite thing to do in the gi, like how I've won tournaments just like in a minute and a half, just choking out everybody. I didn't gotten Ezekiel chokes when someone's taking my back in the gi. And I told him I was just lamenting I could never get an Ezekiel choke outside the gi. So this man in his shorts, who just got out of the um, the water treadmill himself, in a towel, shows me how to apply it, like, while we're just talking. And then he lets me do it to him. And I'm like, 
I love this man. He's so awesome. <laughs> so of course, seeing him go out like that, like my heart shattered. I'm like, fuck this night, man. Yeah. <laughs> this whole San Antonio car broke my fucking heart for the most part. Yeah. And that that's one thing that's pretty unique to him too. Like I'm sure he's pretty good at showing people how to do it, but uh, pulling it off, like while somebody has you mounted without a gi for, to help aid the grip a little bit for those who don't know exactly what an Ezekiel choke is, that's, a fucking fantastic accomplishment that not a lot of people are capable of. Um, but, you know, credit to Walt Harris. He had a great game plan. He came in and exploded on Olenek quick before he yeah. had a chance to get his hands on him. Olenek came out with a really tight high guard. So what do you do when somebody has a high guard? Go in underneath it. And he did that with a knee, and which caused Olenek to lower his hands, as a lot of wrestlers do when they get hit because they try yeah. to grab onto something. Along comes the left straight, and it's a quick night for Olenek, and it's a really big accomplishment for Walt Harris, um, who's who's looking good. Yeah, he's, uh, he is looking good. I like Harris. It's just in this fight game, you're going to have people you like go against each other. It's always going to break your heart. It's something mm -hmm. you gotta, you'll never get used to. Yeah, absolutely. Never. Um, it, it's always, it's always tough to witness somebody, um, that, that you like as a person go in there and get defeated in combat. So that's definitely something you never get used to. Jeff, give me your thoughts on this, uh, heavyweight cold main event here. Yeah, dude, I was excited for both of these guys. You know, I'm a fan of both of them. Um, Walt Harris, a tough dude, Alexi Allnick, no slouch either. And I was just disappointed that it ended so fast. Like it it took a sec for my brain to process that the fight was over. I was like, all Nick's going to just get up and choke him. Right. But mm -hmm. it wasn't meant to be bill. So I'm just yeah. worried about his damn ankle. God damn. The yeah. way how he fell. Yeah. I saw how his ankle rolled. I'm like, Oh shit. No. Cause yeah. I just ankles just after my injury, my shoulder, just anything joints involved, just mm -hmm. scare, like worry the fuck out of me. Like, Oh no, not his ankle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there comes a point in your life where when you hurt something, it hurts forever. And uh, that's just part uh, of getting old. But yeah, Olenek, uh, you know, you got to admire the guy, especially because he's not a big heavyweight. Here's a guy who used to fight at middleweight when he started his career. Uh, he walks around at only like 235, which, you know, some would argue is the perfect weight for heavyweight. But, uh, you know, when it comes to taking the impact from some of these bigger guys, uh, maybe not ideal. Um Anyway, He's got that, a fighter spirit, though. I love that about him. He just doesn't give a fuck. Fuck yeah, he does. Anyway, that was the only uh, heavyweight knockout worth talking about, so we could skip the next fight. And, Absolutely. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's move on to uh, Dan Hooker, who looked phenomenal. And Dan Hooker knocked out... I'm so happy he did that. <laughs> Dan look, Hooker... I, got, I have no time for people who associate themselves with, with uh, coaches that are rapists and enable rapists. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. Um, well, the good thing is Dan Hooker knocks out the best middleweight in the lightweight division in James Vick. Uh, <laughs> uh, when you, when, Lord Voldemort looking ass. Yeah, exactly. I mean, credit to him for making weight, but it's a little bit ridiculous that he's he's fighting at 155 pounds. This is like he, he reminds Skeletor looking ass. Oh, my God. <laughs> he reminds me of like the fifth grader. <laughs> he reminds me of the fifth grader who beats all the second graders at dodgeball and then brags about it. Like you're too big to be fighting these guys. Like fight somebody. Dude, that's his whole entire <laughs> attitude, though. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm a hunter because that's what an alpha male does." I'm like, "How about you hunt because you want to have fresh food?" You know, it's like doing all these things. Like, "Oh, I'm doing this because I'm an alpha male. I'm I'm this that gets knocked the fuck out." I'm like, "Good, 
Karma's yeah. a bitch, man. Yeah, so three losses in a row for Vic. Not looking good for him, but I was glad to see Dan Hooker bounce back from that thrashing he took from Edson Barbosa, which is one of the worst beatings I think I've ever witnessed in all my years of watching MMA. Um, so the fact that he was able mm -hmm. to come back from that and get in there with a, a bigger lightweight in James Vic and still knock him out, which was a beautiful knockout, by the way. He, he fakes the overhand ah. right and then steps forward with the overhand left. It was a perfect feint because he knows that Vic leans back when he ducks punches, which is something that you learn day one of boxing not to do. And exactly. then he comes forward with that overhand left, and it was just perfect timing. Put him to sleep. Dan Hooker looking phenomenal. Hopes to get on the uh, Australia card coming up in the fall, November, I think. Jeff, give me your thoughts on uh, the hangman here. Dude, it was awesome. Um, you know, he it felt like they were feeling each other out a little bit at first. And then, like you said, Dan Hooker lands, fakes the right, lands the left, and lands in a couple of shots for good measure once James Vick hits the floor. I loved it. Excellent. Excellent performance. And then um, Ally Quinta want, wants the hangman next, and I am all for that fight. What do you think about that Who one, would it be? I yeah. would love that. Oh, my <laughs> God. We got, two, we got the two scared legs. We got someone who hung with Khabib for five rounds. Going now with Hooker. I mean, if anybody can hang with with Habib for five rounds, this would be a good this would be a good fight. Hooker's tough. Obviously, Al is insane. Mm -hmm. So I think that'd be a great card to have on the Australia card. Yeah, for sure. Raging Al and the Hooker. All right. <laughs> Just an average day in New York. No one's stop. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't stop. I am not going to tell you again. Don't hold back here. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> All right. So um, somebody who probably should stop is all three judges who judged the Alexander Hernandez and Francisco Trinaldo fight. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. It's just like everybody <laughs> hold up. We're the UFC judges, and we're going to rob everything. That's all mm -hmm. that was that, that night. Jesus Christ. So I here's feel. I mean, Cowboy Oliveira I like but and stuff, but – you know, there's times I'm like, eh, we're judging, but oh my God. It's like, who the fuck was roughing that? Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles, and friggin' Helen Keller, whatever? God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Even my blind ass could be like, yo, this ain't right. <laughs> so here's, here's what probably happened is the judges said, oh, this is the guy from San Antonio fighting. He's probably going to win. And then they all just played Angry Birds on their phones uh, and Based didn't even on, watch Oh the my fight. God, yeah. Basically. So Alexander Hernandez moving a lot in this fight, but not really moving with purpose, just kind of bouncing around. Um, wasn't really trying to close the distance. On the other hand, Trinaldo wasn't really doing anything to steal the fight. I mean, he clearly won, in my opinion. I don't think it yeah, was. Yeah, he landed more, but. It wasn't the worst the robbery intention. we've ever seen, but. Yeah, he could have landed a little with a little more intent. But yeah, Hernandez, I think, was moving just kind of like, I just sketch, I just sketch, trying to get out the way and try and find an opening that wasn't there. Yeah, for sure. Um, in any case, at, at least the judges did get one right, and that was uh, Andre Arlovsky and Ben Rothwell. And Oh, I my God, <laughs> dude, that was so great. I don't know how the hell Ben Rothwell was able to stand the fuck up and just keep going. And... I'm surprised to see a heavyweight fight like that actually go the distance. But that was a tough fight. But I'm so happy Andre Andre's hands have gotten better. He just found his targets. He was landing them like he made like basically grump beef out of Rothwell's face. But 
part of me was sent back or like, did I just get into a time machine and went back into the past, like about <laughs> five, six years? Holy shit. But yeah, those two were like, those two aged like fine wine and they made a great fight. I was so happy. It really was a rematch from 11 years ago in Affliction. Uh, yeah. where Andre Arlovsky was able to get the finish over Ben Rothwell and his hands looked probably faster than they've ever looked. Uh, he was stifling Rothwell with the jab and, and following up with some awesome combinations. He was working the body and Rothwell just looked uh, pretty stale in there. It, it looked like he didn't have an answer for Arlovsky. Um, you know, maybe he just had a flat night, but uh, you know, he was always dangerous, always threatening that knockout. Absolutely. Uh, and um you know, you, you could never count them out right right up to the last bell when they were both yeah. kind of collapsing on each other. Um, <laughs> my so, only question is, why does Rothwell always have to wear a sweater in the cage when he fights? <laughs> it's just my only question. But yeah, Rothwell <laughs> always has always is threatening. Like even dead dead to the end, like he was throwing stuff that was starting to stun Arvlowski. I'm like, show the team, like no. Yeah, <laughs> I'm an Arvlowski fan for life. I grew up with him. There's nothing like seeing the old guard at, at work and actually hanging in there. Well, if Rothwell is wearing cashmere, then you remember the full wool sweater that Arlovsky oh, used God. to wear early in his career. Oh, God, I know. <laughs> it was like something out that, um, what was it, that movie, How Harry Met Sally or whatever, where that, that scene with the basketball, the, the guy who's like hairy as shit, and the guy just ran to that oh, full along sweaty. Oh, came Polly. <laughs> along came Polly there, that full sweaty man carpet, just like, oh, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I have I have two little brothers. One of them, um, he's 20 years old now. He was trained with me, but that's why he quit jujitsu. It's like there were guys who were grappling without rash guards, just full on man carpet. And when he was on bar, just that whole thing was just all up in his face and shit. I'm just like, you know what? I probably would have quit too if it was that. It's like if you're rolling with me, you better have a rash guard on. I'm gonna fucking kick you in the nuts. I just (laughs) I just found my new strategy to make people quit the gym that I don't like. (laughs) (laughs) Throwing all my rash guards away. Jeff, give me your thoughts on this uh heavyweight resurgence by the pitbull Andre Arlovsky here. Dude, this fight was so exciting. It was all over the place. It was on the ground, it was with the hands. I mean Arlovsky was looking awesome and then that third round we saw Ben Rothwell kind of like start fighting back a little bit and I was like oh shit here we go and dude it was just awesome I love seeing Ben Rothwell like all bloodied up um, and just keep moving forward you gotta love both of these guys yeah for sure all right so for the sake of time I'm gonna do what we always do I'm gonna kind of breeze over a couple of fights and then I'm gonna defer to each of you and let me know you know pick Pick one of them that you want to comment on the most. Uh, so Raquel Pennington had a really tough close fight, split decision victory over Irene Aldana. She was in some really tough uh, predicaments in that fight with the, the leg locks from the bottom from Aldana. Uh, Sam Alvey, for some reason, was surprised when he heard the decision that he lost to Clydeson Abreu. Um, we already talked about Roxanne Montefiore, of course, and Jennifer Maya, so we could skip that. Uh, Ray Borg making his uh, bantamweight debut in the UFC. And, uh, you know, put it on Gabriel Silva. He was able to put a pace on him to get the unanimous decision there. And then the fight of the night was uh, Mario Bautista and Jin Su Sun. Those two went the distance with Bautista getting the unanimous decision victory. Uh, Damn, son. That's all I could say during that fight, literally. Damn, son. (laughs) That was a a slugfest. So is that that the one you want to give your commentary on, Serena? Um, I have no much, not much of a commentary other than that was a really fun fight, and I wanted to see more of it. I wanted two more rounds. Um, mm. 
Because everyone's like, everyone's all like, oh, the prelims are, they're not that exciting. I'm like, uh, what, did you just fucking miss that fight? That was awesome. Mm-hmm. But I think people were saying that because there wasn't as much finishes in the cars they were expecting. Yeah. But who gives a shit? Make it last. I want bloodshed. I want war. And that was exactly what that fight was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's, you know, there's this fallacy of equating decisions with boring fights and, and MMA fans will be like, this card sucks. There's so many decisions. And then the same MMA fans will be like, we want GSP and Khabib. It's like, well, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you. Someone said it. Shit. <laughs> you want the two guys known for, for going to decision to fight. Um, yeah. You know, MMA fans are just finicky like that. And that's why we hate them and love them at the same time. Uh, Jeff, uh, any thoughts on, on the couple of fights that I just kind of breezed over there? Yeah, dude, I got to give it to Bautista and Jin Susan, dude. Um, all over the place. It was it was just madness. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was definitely one. If you guys missed it, uh, go back and check out that prelim. Um, Bautista and Jin Susan, they were they were going for broke for sure. They were fighting like guys who had something to prove. This card overall. Um, you know, it had its low points. It it tied the record for most decisions ever in UFC history. Um, and you know, there were some quick knockouts, but you know, overall, I think it was it was entertaining and it was free. So if if you want your money back, you know, I'll write you a check personally. Uh, <laughs> don't 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 say that. People might take you up on your offer. But well, it was free, so I'll write him a check for zero dollars. <laughs> And I'll, I'll gladly mail it to anybody too. I'll pay for the postage. Um, <laughs> any uh, any kind of um, culminating thoughts on this card here, Serena? Um, no, just overall, I think it was a good card. I mean, sucks some fights didn't go the way I wanted to, but um, and the judges kind of need work. But other than that, I thought it was a really entertaining card. I liked it, so it's a good card overall. That's it. That's all There's that matters. That's all that matters. There's bloodshed. There was wars. There were fights. I don't care if there were decisions. They were good decisions. They weren't boring decisions. That's what people need to remember. If there Uh are boring decisions, I can see the complaints. But they were exciting fights that went the distance. And people got to recognize. It did make the night drag on a little bit. Like, they had to start the main card a half hour later, I think. But, you know... Shit happens, Jeff. That's what caffeine uh, pills are for. <laughs> oh, I can't touch those things. Um, <laughs> but uh, not not with a one year old that's gonna wake me up at six thirty in the morning. But Jeff, uh, any uh, you ready to put a lid on this card or any closing thoughts you want to get off your chest? Yeah, I think we can put a lid on this one. Uh, I thought it was gonna be a little bit of a snooze fest, but it was actually a really entertaining card. Even the decisions were really really exciting fights. Awesome. Well, I want to get into next week's card, UFC 240. Uh, that is in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. But before that, Serena, we do have you on the show. So let's talk about you a little bit. Um, last time we spoke to you, you were just coming off of your shoulder surgery. How's that healing up? How's your training going? Do you have anything you're working on in the horizon? Um, my shoulder healed um, tail end of February. I'm feeling great. There's no problems whatsoever anymore. And I basically regained all the strength I lost. Um, and even more so, like I said before, I'm 10 pounds lighter than I, u- I usually am. I have abs outside of fight camp. I'm really putting myself out there. We had some fights that we were looking at um, out of country that kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. But um, the little birdie told me that some exciting things might happen this fall. I can't say anything. Mm-hmm. But at least I might have something to look forward to given that this doesn't fall apart. 
but I'm still going to stay just in, you know, in shape just in case something else drops. Um, other than that, everything's really going well. I have new shirts out, you know, um, actually there's shirts, tank tops, rash guards, and even little baby onesies in case you want to get one for your little one. <laughs> oh, so, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I have that thanks to unknown MMA and let the um, people know where they can find those. They can go to unknown MMA on Twitter. They have a website that leads right over. I'll also be posting links, you know, later today and throughout the week. Um, it supports me in my training and everything. Cause mm. all I do is a lot of freelance work and, teaching kids because when you're a full-time you know fighter and training it's kind of hard to get a regular job <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and that's something that people need to understand too it's not just you know buying a cool shirt to support the athlete by walking around with the shirt on but you're supporting the athlete by giving them the commission that they make on those shirts so that they can mm -hmm. train and you know eat healthy foods and make weight yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we, so in turn, we can deliver great fights because you know what? I miss taking people's heads off with kicks and stuff. Um, well, we're, but, we're definitely looking yeah. forward to seeing you do that again. And, and, uh, we look forward to hearing that news and, and sharing it with the world for sure. Uh, so what else is going on in your world? Um, I'm going to Otakon, which is one of the biggest, uh, anime conventions in the country next week with Roxy. We're going to be doing a demo, uh, MMA demonstration there. Um, given, things that have just happened. I'm going to be probably doing a lot of the movements myself with some help. Um, but yeah, we're going to do that. And then the week after I'm off to go see uh, Invicta in Kansas city, just to show my support and just see all the fights. There's two Bantamweight uh, matchups I want to see. So I just want to see what, what's there in the Bantamweight division right now and what I need to look for. Are, are you planning to make this trip to Kansas city, uh, you know, prepared to make weight so that, uh, if something were to happen Always. in those phantom wave fights, you could just uh, <laughs> step up on so the like, scaler. Yeah, just do the Joe Lozon. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So that would be awesome. So we'll have to keep our That'd eyes peeled great. on that just in case. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So where does this uh, where does this anime convention take place? This will be in Washington D.C. So I'll be I'll be there pretty much for the three day weekend. So next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday we're going to be there. So. And it's kind of nice because finally we're in this era where now anime and fighting are kind of having a little bit of a crossover. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember like almost a decade ago, if I was talking anime to my training partners, they're like, what the fuck are you talking about, Serena? Do we look like nerds? <laughs> and then if I talked at, like fighting to my ner my nerdy friends, they'd be like, Serena, do we fucking look athletic to you? <laughs> back, in, back in the day before I started training, I was actually a power lifter. So I was my PR personal record was like 315 for the squats and stuff like that. Wow. So so I, yeah, I was, I, but I was also fat. I was like 180. So I was like that chubby, I was like that fluffy power lifter. So I had that fluffy strength, as I call, which I still kind of talk about time to time. But um, yeah, it was nowadays we can talk about. I kind of like, kind of compared to cultural appropriation, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's like everything I got picked on, or at least people tried to pick on me for in school are now like, oh, wow, anime is so cool. It's like, get the fuck out of here, you loser. You got into this because <laughs> now it's cool. Fuck y'all. <laughs> yeah, I, I know Jeff can definitely relate because he's got his circle of friends that are into the uh, anime and, and the card games and stuff like that. And then he's got his, his MMA circles he runs with. So um, Jeff, if you have any follow-up questions, this is more your territory than mine. <laughs> um, I'm I'm actually drawing a blank. I didn't I didn't know that uh, that convention was going to be in DC. Um, what? I'm, I might have a couple of friends going to that though. Um, Good, you you should come too, Jeff. That's a short train ride. You just hop, it is. You hop on and that Amtrak. 
Dude, I drove. I was in Philadelphia. I made it all the way down, driving the I-95 down to Baltimore, D.C. I mean, come on. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. You should go. <laughs> yeah, well, might have a chance to check it out. Then Those... I can give Bill a live report there. Yeah, there you absolutely. Go. Hey, you, you got to have they do, uh... they do have a media. They do have media things. So, like, we have interviews and stuff happening, too. Be ashamed. You got all the way down there and filed last minute to be a media reporter, too. I mean, Yeah, Jeff, I might have to send you to cover this. You're going to have to video this MMA demonstration. <laughs> uh, so, that, yeah, I'm putting you on assignment, Jeff. <laughs> hey, have him bring lots of beer. <laughs> Bring out the beard, Jeff. Golden monkeys. Golden Hell monkeys. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got the MMA convention. Shoulders feeling good. You might jump on that Invicta card last minute in Kansas City. So uh, keep mm. an eye out for the Southpaw Outlaw there. Let's talk about some MMA that's on the horizon here. So July 27th in Canada, UFC 240. Max Holloway putting his featherweight title on the line, coming off the loss at lightweight to Dustin the Diamond Poirier, and he's going to be defending his title against Frankie Edgar. This is an awesome fight, and when you see I these know. two standing next to each other, you have to wonder how not only did Frankie Edgar fight at lightweight, but how he was the champion there because Max Holloway just towers over him. Uh, and I want to get both your takes on this. Serena, what do you think about this main event? I'm super excited for it. Um yeah, Max went the distance with Poirier. I mean, for the most part, like he did, he held on really well with with Poirier for that fight. So if he can hang with Poirier, I think he can hang with Frankie. I mean, Frankie was a champion, yeah, but the champ, the divisions have grown a long fucking way since then, mm-hmm. and now there's a lot more talent. It's a lot more dangerous, but I'm looking forward to a slugfest. That's yeah. what I think Max is going to be making is a slugfest. Maybe Frankie might want to wrestle some more and try and negate it, but I got Max for this one. Yeah, I mean, Frankie Edgar, you know, his MO is mixing things up, and I think he's one of these guys that people continually underestimate for whatever reason and, and just forget how good he is. Uh, I he mean, is. He, he, he basically was a champion at his walk-around weight before he moved down to, to featherweight and, you know, hit a couple of roadblocks there against, uh, you know, Jose Aldo in the best, you know, a lot of people think he's the best featherweight of all time. Um, Jeff, give me your thoughts on this main event here. Dude, I'm amped for this one. Uh, Bill, you know how big a fan I am of Frankie Edgar. He's a Jersey boy like me. He's one of the toughest dudes out there, uh, whatever weight class he's in. And Max Holloway is no slouch either. He's the champ for a reason. Um, I really don't know how this one's going to go. I mean, my heart says Frankie Edgar, but my head says Max Holloway because of the, like you said, the reach advantage. Max Holloway, just like Frankie Edgar, is very well-rounded. He has really slick jujitsu, has the the long arms to set up uh, chokes and stuff, Mm -hmm. and he's really good on the feet too. So I I really don't know how this one's going to go. But, you know, whatever happens, Frankie Edgar's in there to make it a war. Yeah, for sure. I think the biggest X factor here is going to be Max Holloway's weight cut because in mm. his last fight, he was able to go up to 155. Um, you, you know, maybe he didn't do that cut properly. Maybe he, did, he wasn't feeling his best. It, you know, just because you're allowed to have 10 more pounds doesn't mean that you're doing it the right way. You know, maybe he mm. felt like he could lift more weights. Maybe he felt like he could eat some things that he hadn't normally been eating and it affected his body in a weird way. Now he's got to have to drop back down. Uh, and he's a big boy. I mean, you see him walking around. He looks like a middleweight, and he somehow makes 145 pounds. Um, So I I think that's the one X factor there. Uh, The co-main event, we have Cyborg coming back. 
and she's taking on the undefeated <sighs> Felicia Spencer. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have to see how Cyborg bounces back. You know, she, she took a, a big knockout loss to Amanda Nunez. Uh, you yeah. know, it, is she going to have the Alex Hernandez scenario where she's in there and hesitant and not really pulling the trigger? Or is she going to come out, you know, with a fire under her ass, you know, looking for redemption and looking for that rematch with Amanda Nunez, which I believe the UFC will try to set up should she be victorious. Serena, give me your thoughts on this co-main event here. I think, honestly, Cyborg's going to have a fire under her ass. I mean, this is her first loss in God knows how long. And especially, and she's going to have a longer reach than Spencer, in my opinion. Um I think I think the worst thing you could ever have is the fire under Cyborg's ass is because she's going to come for murder. She's going to come for blood and trying to try to feel like at least mentally erase the loss from her last fight in. So I think it's going to be a tough time because Cyborg's no slouch on the ground. Mm-hmm. If Cy- if Felicia can somehow negate the reach advantage of Cyborg and try and wrestle, girls won lots of medals in jujitsu and stuff. And she and if I remember correct, she's like a brown belt in jujitsu. She hasn't gotten her black belt yet. So, honestly, I'm, I'm thinking Cyborg, as long as her headset's there and she's ready to rock, I mean, I honestly see just almost no way. I mean, I love Spencer. Don't get me wrong. Felice is cool. But I don't see, a, a, you know, many ways for Spencer to take this. Yeah. I mean, at, at, at five foot six, it's going to be it's going to be a struggle to close that wait, distance. She, I didn't wait. Hold up. I'm five seven. I didn't know she was five six. I knew she was at my height, but holy shit. Yeah. Don't worry. And, um, it's okay. Stout power. Stout power is the way to go. <laughs> go, go Felicia. Do your thing. I, I, I agree. I, <laughs> I, I happen to be in the same category. Um, <laughs> and I'm used to sparring with people much, much larger than me as well. But um, I, I think oh, another God, factor here is. <laughs> I've think, been like one of the smallest people at the gym this week, and I don't know how the hell I've been doing it. <laughs> that's a, the story of my life. Welcome to my world, Zarina. Um, <laughs> so the other factor here is, you know, has Felicia been facing stiff enough competition to be able to get in there with someone like Cyborg? Her last win was a submission victory over Megan Anderson, who we saw from her transition into the UFC that it's a completely different ball game from Invicta yeah. as tough as the fighters are there, you know, at, especially at this upper weight class, I think is the, is the biggest determining factor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just still such a divide. It's still such a young weight class. Um, and you know, the, the talent levels are, there's a lot of discrepancies there from the top to close to the top. Jeff, give right. me your thoughts on this main co-main event here. Yeah, dude, I'm with Serena on this one. I don't see a scenario where Cyborg doesn't win this one. I mean, uh, like you said, a bunch of medals in jiu-jitsu. So we know she's got the grappling. And when in doubt, Cyborg can punch it out. So there's that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think definitely I'll reiterate again. I think a big win here for Cyborg will earn her a rematch with Amanda Nunez. I think that's pretty much already set in stone. Uh, And Amanda is... I thank game for that. She wants to prove it wasn't a fluke the first time and, um, you know, show once and for all that she's the better fighter and be the first fighter, male or female, to defend two titles in two weight I know. classes it's simultaneously. Actually great. She'd actually be a real champ champ, unlike some other fighter we all know. <laughs> yeah, well, she was the first one to go back and, and defend her original weight class, male or female. Mm-hmm. So, Unlike um, the other person who claims to be a champ champ. Mm-hmm. Hmm. mm-hmm. Unlike the other three champ champs, because none of them have done it. Um, so 
Uh, awesome card at the top. The the fight I have been most excited about on this one is Jeff Neal and Nico Price, just because oh, I, I feel like go. this is going to be a total war. Um, I, I'm going to give you guys a couple of other names here, and then you let me know what uh, what piques your interest the most. So we got that one. We got Olivier, Olivier Alban Mercier and Armand Saryukian. We got Mark Andre Barriot and Chris uh, Christoph Jotko. Um, let me see what other names are jumping off the page here to me. Not, um, yeah. So out of those, uh, <laughs> um, Serena, <laughs> what, what I'm just excited for Nico. Just anything Nico involved is always going to be fun. Yeah. Because all of his fights just bring a big smile to my face. That guy's a wild just, man. He just scraps and doesn't give two fucks. I aspire to not give as much fucks as that man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, knocking people out from like inside his guard uh, <laughs> on the bottom. Uh, ah, it, that, that was one of the, it was one of the craziest knockouts I've ever seen, but uh, Jeff Neal, no slouch either. Uh, so no, you can bet he, he's going to get right in there in Nico's face and that's going to make for some awesome. Action. That's what's going to make it even better. <laughs> mm -hmm. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, Jeff, uh, what's piquing your interest on this card outside of the main and co-main events? All right. I'm really excited for the Nico price, Jeff Neal fight, but the fight I'm most interested in, and this is more like a personal thing, is Olivier Aban Mercier. He's been, you know, not looking like 100% his last couple of fights, but I've always been a fan of his. I've always felt like he has a ton of potential, and I'm excited to see him get back in there and see if his mindset, he fixed a little bit, and see if he can get back in the win column. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, that That's going to be a, an exciting one for the Canadian crowd, for sure. Um, we got uh, Jillian Robertson getting in there with Sarah Frota, who's coming off uh, a loss in her UFC debut. She's a Dana White Contender Series fighter. Um, so that should be an interesting one in the strawweight division. And uh, other than that, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough sell. It's gonna be tough to expect people to open their wallets for this card. I, I anticipate a lot of complaining on the social media. Um, as Man, usual, everybody complains on social media. Just fuck them. Yeah, <laughs> fuck them, indeed. And uh, you know, the UFC is not too concerned about pay per view sales anyway, uh, especially since it's it's hard enough to to buy the damn pay per view on the ESPN Plus app. Um, I don't know yeah, if you've been because it always. Oh my god, I fucking hate that thing. Like, I have a love hate <laughs> relationship with it. I have it just because you know I'm always out and about. I'm like almost never home. These are like the rare moments I'm actually sitting in my apartment, not doing anything. Mm -hmm. So I have the ESPN thing on my phone so I can just watch on the go. But god damn it. With the streaming, I mean, it's choppy. It's not on time. All, you know, and I have to reset the app. It's horrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I'm paying money for something, I want quality at the product at least. Yeah. And I don't watch other sports personally, but I imagine they're not having this kind of trouble with like the baseball streaming or. No, they're not. A... Not even. Even the zone is, is like doing a better job with its streaming services. It's mm -hmm. like, dude, you have the Disney money. What the fuck gives? The Zone does not have Disney money, and they're doing better. Get your shit together. For sure, but you know they have that overseas, wherever the fuck they're from, money that comes from, hmm. uh, uh, you know, I don't uh, know, oil or whatever, yeah. human trafficking, so, <laughs> <laughs> black market organ donors. No, let me stop. <laughs> like something out of Max Payne Three. No, let me stop. <laughs> 
All right. So Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Um, if you guys want to um, meet the Southpaw Outlaw, you guys can check out the uh, Anime Con in, in Washington, D.C. Otacon. We're Otacon. Otacon or bust. Go, let's go to D.C. and do cool shit with cool people. Yeah, Otacon and bust. That's all I do. <laughs> yeah, do dope shit with dope people. Come on down. For sure. And we're we're gonna put Jeff on an Amtrak train and get him down there too to cover this live. <laughs> yeah. Um well, I think we pretty much covered everything going on. Um Serena, do you have any uh shout outs? You want to let the people know where to find you on social media? We got the unknown MMA where they can buy their Reenzilla mm -hmm. t shirts. Uh what else you want to shout out here? Uh, just if everybody follow me. I'm pretty much everywhere at Serena Southpaw. Um just keep an eye out for any announcements and Cool shit I'm going to do. Big shout out to Unknown MMA for making my um, fight gear. So, guys, seriously, go pick yourself up a rash guard. Pick yourself up a tank top, a t-shirt, a hoodie. Or for your little babies, get yourself a little onesie. Show your support. Um, yeah, and thanks to all my sponsors and my team, uh, Syndicate MMA, for keeping me in shape, ready to go. And thanks to all my friends and fans who support me. Awesome. Well, hopefully it won't be six months before we have you back on again. Hopefully we'll have some exciting news and we can invite you uh, back on to share that with us. So definitely thanks for taking the time, especially, you know, the day after your teammate just fought and I know she just got home and you're going to want to decompress with her a little bit. And I know you got a lot going on today. So thanks for taking the time. Yeah, Serena. But it's, it's the buddy day. Don't worry though. So you guys are going to go watch but, the Lion but, King. Buddy is, yeah. Buddy is somehow running around here freezing in a hoodie and everything, and I'm just going to let her do her thing. So <laughs> I'll see what's going on after we hang up. <laughs> Sounds good. Jeff, you got anything you want to get off your chest? Yeah, just uh, Serena, thanks for being a friend of the show. Thanks for uh, for being on the show today. I'm definitely going to try and check you guys out over at Otacon next weekend. I actually just texted my friends to see if we can get some tickets. All right. Nice. Awesome. Nice. Thanks, guys. Live so coverage from Jeff the Animal Wilson, <laughs> who you can follow on Twitter and Instagram at animal underscore Wilson. You guys know how to get a hold of me. It's at MMA on the Rocks. By the way, I almost forgot Scotch Month. This whole time I've been sipping Talisker Storm. It is a peated Scotch. So if you think Scotch shouldn't be peated, I guess you know, go fuck yourself. This stuff is delicious. <laughs> um, Damn straight. <laughs> that's what I'm so, talking about. <laughs> that's my plug. They're not even a sponsor, but that's delicious stuff. I always have a bottle of that in my bar. It's peated, so it's smoky. It's like if you took some honey and put some black pepper on it and just kind of let it melt on your tongue. It is fucking delicious. Ah, it sounds delicious. Um, maybe they'll be a sponsor now. <laughs> I that reminds me. I gotta have that honey that honey pepper Nimrov vodka that I that I got a little while ago. That stuff's delicious. We're gonna need a full report on that as well. Hell yeah! All right, so that's it. Serena, you can follow her at Southpaw Outlaw. No. Serena Southpaw. Serena Southpaw. I said I was gonna say it right the first time. <laughs> Fuck. I knew it's I thought okay. I could get away with not writing it down. Serena Southpaw on the I social you, media. Jeff. Go follow her. All right. For Jeff the Animal Wilson, my name is Bill Welger. Until next time. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye. Woo!